Spiritually speaking, do you want to be stronger? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. God wants us to be able to stand up to the attacks of the enemy. So the question is, how do you do that? How do you gain spiritual strength and spiritual muscle? How can you become strong in the Lord Jesus Christ? It has to do with the Word. Three requirements that I want to share with you today from this passage. Is there a simple way that believers can become spiritually strong and deepen our relationship with the Lord? Well, we're going to find out today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve as he shares how important it is to spend time in the Word of God. That action is one of the essential steps necessary for spiritual strength. Today, we'll hear part one of the lesson called The Steps into Spiritual Strength in Pastor Jeff's seven-lesson series, The Next Step. Now, as always, if you miss any in this series or any series, you can listen again online anytime at fromhisheart.org. Just click the Listen tab. There, too, you can download a free MP3 of any broadcast. Now, though, open your Bible to the book of 1 Peter. Here again is Pastor Jeff to begin explaining the steps into spiritual strength. How do you grow strong in the Christian life? Because here's the tragic reality. So many people who really belong to the Lord, they've really given their hearts to him. They're not very strong spiritually. And the devil kicks sin in their face and the devil bullies them. And they keep falling prey to the same sins over and over and over and over and over again. Guilt and shame just kind of uh, plague their lives and haunt their lives. And, And victory seems like a pipe dream. And to be a strong believer, that just seems like, well, that's just not gonna happen for me. And you know, you can really tell how you're doing in the Christian life when you look at your home life. Because that is the crucible. That is where everything comes to light. You know, the way you are at church is one thing, because you can put on uh, a mask and come to church spiritually. Uh, The way you are out in the community is one thing. You can put on a mask and pretend, but how you are at home, the person you are at home is the person you really are, because we tend to take off our masks. We are who we are at home. And so if Christianity is not working at home, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Maybe you're not as strong as you think. Well, God doesn't want his children to be 97-pound weaklings. He doesn't want the devil to be intimidating us and kicking sand in our face. He wants us to stand strong. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. God wants us to be able to stand up to the attacks of the enemy. So the question is, how do you do that? How do you gain spiritual strength and spiritual muscle? 1 Peter chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 22. Peter says this, since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. 
For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. And coming to him as to a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Hey, how can you become strong and become strong in the Lord Jesus Christ? It has to do with the Word. Three requirements that I want to share with you today from this passage. Requirement number one, you must feed on the Word of God. If you're going to be strong and not be a 97-pound weakling, you have to feed on the Word of God. Chapter 2, verse 2 is key. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the Word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Like newborn babes. That's very fitting that Peter would say that we are like newborn babes when we come to Christ. Because the Bible likens Christianity and the Christian life to a new birth. It said in one of those verses we read in chapter 1, verse 23, for you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. The born again, new birth experience, that's what Christianity is. When Nicodemus in John chapter 3, the ruler of the Jews, the teacher in Israel, the, the, the big shot in Israel, Israel, one of the uh, judges, one of the rulers, part of the, the 70, the Sanhedrin, when he came to Jesus, he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a prophet sent from God for no one, or a teacher sent from God. No one can do the things that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't get that. He said, I don't understand. How can a man be born when he is old? He can't enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born. And Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And unless you're born of the Spirit, born again, you cannot enter heaven. Well, since Christianity is a new birth experience, and we must be born again, according to Jesus, the question comes in, well, why? Why do we have to be born again? It's because when you were born, you were born dead spiritually. We inherited uh, this deadness from Adam, because when Adam and Eve sinned against God, you remember what the Lord told Adam? There's a tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that tree. For all the other trees you may freely eat, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because in the day you eat from it, you will surely die. And Adam ate. Eve ate, gave to her husband with her. He ate, and they died. Just like God said, immediately they died. But you have to remember something. Adam is a house of three rooms. He's body, soul, and spirit. And so Adam didn't die in his body. 
He didn't die in his soul. He died in his spirit. See, in your body, you know the physical world, the world beneath you, the physical world. In your soul, you know the world around you, the psychological world. But in your spirit, you know the world above you, the spiritual world. And Adam was connected to God in his spirit, but the day he ate, he died. And he passed on that dead spirit to every one of his children. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. So when we come into this world, we're dead. We're dead spiritually. We're not dead physically. We're not dead in our soul. We're dead in our spirit, and we have to be born again. So Christianity is a new birth experience. You must be born again. And every baby on the physical side, when a baby is born, that baby wants milk, comes into this world with a hunger for milk. And the Bible tells us that we need the milk of the word of God. That's how we grow strong. Just like a baby grows strong when a baby eats, you and I grow strong as new believers in Jesus when we start to feed on the word of God. It's a new birth experience, and it takes the word of God. Now, when you think of birth, we know that birth requires a mom and a dad. And uh, a mom by herself can't get pregnant. Uh, a dad by himself can't produce pregnancy. Mom and a dad. The new birth experience has two parents, the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Spirit of God and the Word of God. You're born from above. You're born of the Spirit. And the Spirit takes the Word of God and speaks the Word of God into your heart to show you your need. That's why it says in chapter 1, verse 23, You've been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and abiding Word of God. So the Spirit of God takes the Word of God, speaks it into your heart, convicts your heart, you respond to that, and you are born again, and you receive the Holy Spirit of God. He comes to live inside of you, and you are born from above. You're born again. And then the Lord says, now long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. Now, we know from reading the Bible that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know from the book of Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I'm going to please God, I have to have faith. How do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So I have to spend time in the book, in hearing from God in the book, so that I can grow strong in faith. Let me share with you four reasons why it is so crucial to spend time in the book, to spend time in God's word. You know, if, if all you do is come to church and hear the word once a week, that would be equivalent to saying, you know, the only time I ever eat is once a week. You're not going to be Charles Atlas if you eat once a week. Why? Because you're not going to get big and strong unless you eat. And so the Bible says of itself, it says here that it's milk. Long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. But it also says it likens it to bread. Jesus said to the devil when he was tempting him, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The book of Hebrews chapter five, it likens the word of God to solid food, to meat. It says that solid food, that meat is for the mature believer. And then in 
Psalm 119, most people believe David wrote, wrote Psalm 119. He likens the word of God to honey. He says, how sweet are your words to my taste? Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So the word is a meal. It is milk. It is bread. It is meat. It is honey. And we take it in to grow. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I ate them. Thy words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I've been called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So let's talk about why it's so important for you on a daily basis to take in the word of God. You know, we call this, in Christian circles, you've probably heard the term quiet time, a quiet time. Some people say, well, I don't like the, the term quiet time. It sounds like you've been bad, you go to time out, you know? That's not what it is. A quiet time is when you separate from the distractions of the world, the distractions of the day, and you get quiet before the Lord, and you talk to him, and you hear him speak. You spend time in his word. So four reasons why that's so important. Number one, God speaks to us through his word. Somebody once told me, I love this definition. He said, what is the Bible? The Bible is God's mind in print. That's what the Bible is. That's how we come to learn about God and know about God is through his word. We know what God says. We know what God thinks. We know how God acts through his word. We read stories and we read teachings in the Bible. Now, the, the scripture says of itself that it is inspired by God. This isn't some old dead book. This is the most unique book of all. Why? Because it's the word of the living God. And all scripture is inspired by God. That means it is God breathed. There's the breath of God on this book. That's why the writer of Hebrews says that the word of God is living and active. It's powerful. And it's sharp as any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Bible is a unique book, 66 books, 40 different authors on three continents, written over 1,500 years, and it has one theme. One theme. It all just fits together. It's obviously not the work of men. It's the work of God. It's the word of God. So God speaks through his word. Little Samuel was told by Eli the priest when the Lord was calling to him. Samuel didn't know. He thought it was Eli calling to him. And Eli figured it out. Hey, this is the Lord calling to him. So he said to little Samuel, he says, you lie down again. And when you hear the voice, you say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. A quiet time is for you to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God, speak to me, because God speaks through his word. Secondly, God teaches us through his word. You and I need to be taught. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed, and it's profitable for teaching. How do we learn about things pertaining to God? pertaining to morality, pertaining to how the world works, pertaining to how we're supposed to do this and how we're supposed to do that from the word of God. You know, there's a, a whole book in the Bible written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived outside of Christ, and it's devoted to wisdom. It's the book of Proverbs, 31 Proverbs, one for every day of the month. 
And Proverbs is just little nuggets of wisdom. It tells you this is how life works. If you want to be successful in life, this is how you do it. You be a person of honesty. You be a person of integrity. You be a person of generosity. And it just tells you all these different things to do and all these little nuggets of truth. And he's telling you how life works. Hey, God teaches us through his word. It's profitable for teaching. But not only is it profitable for teaching, God also reproves and corrects and trains us through his word. So he teaches us, but he also reproves us and corrects us and trains us in righteousness through his word. All scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That's the word of God. That's alive. I like what Adrian Rogers said about those four things. He said it teaches us. It tells us what is right. It reproves us. It tells us what is not right. It corrects us. His word tells us how to get right. It trains us in righteousness. It tells us how to stay right. That's the word of God. Now, let me tell you something about the word of God. I believe the Bible from cover to cover. I believe this is God's word. The scripture says in the book of Romans, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. And when you read the Bible, you don't say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. You don't put the Bible and say, hmm, no, I don't think that that's right because of this and that and the other. No, the Bible judges you. You don't judge it. It is living and active. We don't judge it. It judges us. It's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible is God's mind in print. And so it reproves us, it corrects us, it trains us in righteousness. We come before the Lord and all of a sudden he starts to expose things in our lives. He starts to convict us. You say, oh, well, I don't really like that. Uh, You know, Jesus said the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. And so we have to, we desperately need to come before the Lord and we say, would David search me, O God, and know my heart? Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful, evil way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is true for everyone. The tendency that every single person has, the Apostle Paul included, Peter who wrote this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit included, we all have a tendency to drift away from what is right. And someone rightfully said, if you miss one quiet time, one time with the Lord, God notices. You miss two quiet times, you notice. You miss three or more, other people start to notice because the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him is not on your life anymore. You know, Moses would spend time with God in the tent of meeting, and when he would come out, his face would glow. The people knew he had spent time in the presence of God because there was a glow about him. If he missed those times, the glow wasn't there. Hey, now... When we spend time with God, it's not, you know, you, you're going to say, man, I, I, Pastor Jeff said if I would go home and spend time with God that my face would begin to glow. 
Uh, Pastor Jeff didn't say that. But here's what you are going to experience. You're going to experience fellowship with God. And sometimes you feel it in your emotions and sometimes you don't. Uh, God doesn't, I don't have to feel God for God to be real. I don't have to feel good about things for God to speak to my heart. I just have to be faithful. I just have to have a soft and tender heart. So he shows us what is true and what is honorable and what is right. The scripture says in Psalm 119, here's the attitude that we need to have to the word of God. I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. I lift up my hands. What is that? When we lift up our hands, lifting up your hands is the universal sign for surrender. I surrender, Lord, to your word. Your word is right. Your ways are right concerning everything. You remember what it said in the book of Ezekiel? God's people were saying to him, the way of the Lord is not right. And God said, is it my way that's not right? No, it's your way that is not right. We have people today saying the way of the Lord is not right. And God says, my way is right. It's your way that is not right. Right. And so we lift our hands to his commandments and say, Lord, I surrender. Your way is right. Psalm 119 verses 127 and 128 says this. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. You want to save yourself a lot of grief in life? Just come to the word of God and say, Lord, your ways are right concerning everything. Lord, I don't come to your word to correct you. I come to your word for you to correct me. And that's how we have to take in the Bible. If you start becoming a judge of the Bible, you're going down a road that leads off a cliff. So God speaks to us through his word. He teaches us through his word. He reproves and corrects and trains us through his word. And then lastly, God blesses us through his word. Well, isn't that what we all want? We want to be blessed. And as we've just heard, that starts when we stay close to God through his word. God truly blesses through the reading of his word. And that's just one of the steps into spiritual strength that we're learning about today. Today's lesson is called The Steps into Spiritual Strength, Part 1. And we'll have Part 2 of this lesson tomorrow. It's part of seven messages in Pastor Jeff's series, The Next Step. Hey, I don't know where you are in your maturation process with the Lord, but all of us can and will become spiritually stronger and deepen our relationship with the Lord through faithful worship in a Bible-believing church, relationships with mature Christian friends, regular Bible study, and a deep and abiding prayer life, and more. And then sharing the good news with others, of course. And if you'd like to know how to take these next steps in your Christian walk, you'll want to get Pastor Jeff's practical and inspirational seven-message series, The Next Step. It's available on a USB flash drive, immediate digital download, CDs or DVDs. You choose. Call 86640-BIBLE. That's 86640-BIBLE. Or go online to fromhisheart.org and request it when you make your gift this month of any amount to From His Heart. Again, the series, The Next Step, and we want to thank you for helping From His Heart take our next steps to expand this ministry outreach to a lost and a dying world. Our time is gone for this edition of From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. 
I'm Larry Nobles with an invitation for you to be with us on Friday for the practical and powerful conclusion to the message, The Steps into Spiritual Strength. Join us then as we open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve in our 20th year broadcasting the truth and love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more about that at fromhisheart.org.